Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where we're here to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. One of the biggest decisions we make in our lives is our career choice. Over the last several years, my advice has actually changed on this. I'm gonna tell you what I think is key moving forward. And later, with the $7,500 federal tax credit on electric cars, should you get one? Well, what I'm gonna say today goes against the advice I've given for years and years and years but it may be the one way you can take advantage. So the job market is booming in the midst of the Federal Reserve doing everything it can to cause pain in the labor market. Why, why would the nation's central bankers, and not just in the United States and other countries as well, why are they trying to cause labor pain? Why are they trying to make us insecure in our jobs? Why are they trying to get us pink slips from where we work? Because what they're trying to do is squeeze labor price inflation out of the economy because it is the last great factor in prices having risen, not just in the United States, but other places in the world. You know, we went through the COVID disruptions uh, factory shutdowns and all that, the supply chain disruptions. Uh, we went through all the stimulus money that turned out to be way too much. You know, the Congress year after year kept pushing too much money in the economy. The Federal Reserve lowered interest rates too far. They were all fighting the last war. And I was right there with them. You know, everything was about trying to prevent another great recession. And they overdid it. Not just here but in countries around the world. So all these central banks around the world are trying to squeeze money out of the economy and give you and me less power negotiating with employers and businesses less power to push prices up. On the price side, the Federal Reserve and other central banks are being more or less successful, not back to where they want inflation to be, but the curve has bent very well in the right direction. And they got to stick to it to get it back where it is. But the labor thing hadn't happened. Your unemployment rate right now in the U.S., I think it's 3.7%. I mean, there are so many years of my life that if somebody told me we'd have an unemployment rate where the first digit was a three, I would have said, you're out of your mind. That's not going to happen. And yet it's consistently been true for a long time and especially shocking with what the Federal Reserve's tried to do. So it means you and I have continue to have more power in the job marketplace. 
And right now, a lot of people who might have become entrepreneurs are like, hey, wait a minute, there's good prospects here working for the man. I'm going to work for the man. That's an expression, by the way, not a chauvinistic thing. So this is a time that you may not want to get out there and start your own business, which I've never said ever in my life because of the opportunities right now in the job market working for someone else. I mean, long term, I love you being your own boss, running your own business. And there's always a lot of opportunity doing that. But right now, there's so much opportunity working for someone else that that may be where your effort should be. And know that employers punish loyalty, reward disloyalty. What's that mean? The employer you're with will only pay you so much. And if it's a bigger bureaucratic company, they have their pay guidelines. And you could be the greatest employee to ever walk in that company ever in your life. And they're going to stick to the guidelines and may give you, well, this year our cap on raises is 2.32% or whatever. Doesn't matter if you made the company millions or saved the company millions, they're still going to hold you in that measly pay cap. On the other hand, you might go somewhere else prospecting for a job and they may offer you a huge additional amount of pay per year over what you're now getting paid. So I don't say necessarily stay where you are because the opportunity may be, the grass may actually be greener somewhere else. But my normal push, that's always been my push, money flows to owners and you want to be an owner yourself, um, maybe not so much right this minute. All right. Speaking of jobs, Noah in Georgia says, does changing jobs in this economy make sense? I'm an engineer with a couple of years of experience looking to change jobs for a pay raise. Is this a risky move considering recent layoffs? So is it a risky move? You know, at some point layoffs may accelerate. The question would be, do you have a real sense how profitable and successful the engineering firm is that you're with right now? Are you giving up being with an employer where if you're into the security of a job, is it a place where things are going fantastically and there's great future opportunity and job security there? If you can't answer that or it's not necessarily going great, then I'd feel comfortable giving that job up and going somewhere where they'd pay you a lot more money. And this is from Stephanie. My employer does lump sum 401k matching at the end of each year. They match 5% of my pay, and I've been putting in the maximum of 30% of my pay to get to the full $22,500 by the end of the year. That's great. I, I plan on leaving my employer soon before I max it all out for the year. If I leave before the end of the year, are they obligated to give me the 5% match? If it was per paycheck, it seems I would get the match, but I'm not sure what will happen in this case. Yeah, I remember when employers started doing this uh, terrible practice probably 10 years ago. And the answer is you don't get the match. So you have to decide, is the new job worth it? You give up that money or as many people do, you try to time it where you leave right after the beginning of a year where you've received that end of year match. 
This question is from Brad in Connecticut. For people interested in insuring their expensive jewelry and art, like an expensive engagement ring, you said to add a rider to the home insurance policy. However, you've also said that we should only make a claim on a home insurance policy in the event of a catastrophic loss. So would I be able to even utilize this rider on my home insurance policy? If I put in a claim for expensive jewelry, will it significantly increase my premiums? That is a great question. It depends on the insurer you're with, how they would treat a claim on a scheduled item like jewelry. Generally, when you're doing scheduled jewelry, you got expensive jewelry involved and you wouldn't want to self-insure it. There is an alternative, though, and that is to buy an independent jewelry coverage policy. There are companies that will sell you a standalone just for your jewelry, and then you don't have to worry so much about the consequences on your homeowner's insurance policy. And then this is a tip. We recently wrote an article about a story you told about someone who you saw that labels their credit cards for all the benefits and how to use them. And Colin from Wisconsin wrote it and said, regarding the person who labels their credit cards for their rewards, the way I remember which benefit is for which card is to use a memo app on my phone and update the memo when benefits change. It's easy to check quickly. And most of us always have our phone with us. Just another tracking option. I love it. You know, you've got these rotating categories on credit cards. You've got a card that, let's say you'll get a new card, and it has a benefit, and that's why you got that card. Remembering which card to pull out to get the greatest rewards from a card is so hard. And remember this, never, ever get a reward card when you're running balances on a card. Reward cards only work for you if you pay the balance in full each and every month. And Scott in Michigan says, I want to thank you for your advice on having people have open conversations with children so that they can learn. I did this with my kids, 15 and 14 now. And when the older one decided he wanted a gaming system, he saved his chore money and gift money to purchase the system. We took him to the store to purchase a used one and he had it in his hands. We explained it didn't have the storage he wanted. So he walked away and didn't purchase at the time. We found a better one on Facebook marketplace for less money And he purchased that instead with more accessories. Needless to say, both my kids are now wise spenders and great savers. When they want something, they look for deals and are not afraid of purchasing used to get the deal. We have conversations with them about bills, credit, and monthly expenses. We have no fears of them spending on one of our credit cards because they understand the concept of money and its limitations. Thanks for all your advice. I I wish so much that parents would do this. In, in your family, if you've got kids age appropriate, have regular conversations about the responsibilities that come with money and what you do. It. I don't want people obsessed with money like it's some kind of God. Money is something that makes it possible to do the things you want to do. And ignorance is not bliss when it comes to how money works and how you use it. So I think it's fantastic that you do the key thing, which is ongoing education about money. It is not a talk. It is an ongoing thing. And be willing to admit to your kids when you've messed up. It gives you more cred with your kids. It doesn't undermine you with your kids. It gives you cred because, and you're, 
you're leveling with your kid. You're saying, let me tell you something really stupid I did with money, and I hope you don't do the same thing. You tell a kid that is a parent, you did something really dumb, they're all ears. Wait, wait, I got to hear this. And it will not in any way undermine how they perceive you, what they think about you. It might actually enhance it. So I love that. That's really great. Keep talking to your kids about everything. Don't just ever assume as a parent that your kid picks things up by osmosis. Doesn't work that way. I just have to say for sure, my son called me uh, when he was with a friend a couple weeks ago and he was like, hey, I'm at the mall, but I can't find parking. So can I put valet parking on the on your credit card or do I have to pay for it? $20. I was like, absolutely not. I keep driving around until you find a parking spot. I couldn't believe he thought that might be okay. We've never valeted with him and never discussed it. So I thought that was pretty funny. And wait a minute. There's a more fundamental lesson I would say in that story. What? That he's lazy and doesn't want to find parking <laughs> No. Where was he? <laughs> At the mall, yeah. Well, they like to hang out and walk around the mall. Mall. I mean, malls are like a curse on your wallet. I You're know. paying for that marble and those fountains and all those pretty things. And I remember my son was talking the other day about, Dad, you should see how beautiful the Apple store is in the mall. And I'm like, of course. Because Apple is, everything is about imaging and branding. Yeah. And so, of course, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. He said, but dad, it's even prettier than a fancy hotel lobby. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. And malls are all about image and all that. And that's why I shop in stores with concrete floors. Because I'm not paying for that. I want to see inventory in the steel I want to see it hanging there where I know I'm not paying anything extra for it being like that. Well, I mean, I like a mall, but I'm not going to valet park. And I'm certainly not going to pay for my 17-year-old You do son. like going to a mall? I do. I enjoy walking around malls. I think it's, I'm mallophobic. Uh, especially if it's like kind of ugly outside and I don't get my daily long walk-in. I do enjoy going to the mall. Hmm. Sorry. That's okay. All right. So... Chris and I share something in common, even if I don't waste money in the mall and you do. <laughs> that was a value judgment. That's okay. That was uncalled for. That's that was fine. a shaming statement. I apologize. I don't feel any shame, so okay. it's all good. But anyway, you and I both do drive electric vehicles, and there's been all this buzz about particular model the Tesla you can get extra cheap right now. Some people feel like they can't get in the electric vehicle party. I'll tell you, a way to get in the electric vehicle party you never thought you'd hear come out of my mouth. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's a federal statute concerning how the tax credit works for buying an electric vehicle. And the way it's structured, it's a content statute, which means that so many of the components of the electric vehicle have to be U.S. manufactured in order to qualify for a full or even partial tax credit. So I think only 10% of electric vehicles being sold in America, qualify for the full tax credit buying them. But 100% qualify for it if you lease the vehicle. Now, you know I'm not a fan generally of leasing. But in this case, it absolutely works because you get a full $7,500 reduction in the calculation of what you're leasing And that flows to you in a much more affordable cost of the electric vehicle. Right now, there's only like a little more than four dozen models of electric vehicles for sale in the United States. And as with any vehicle, it's to your advantage if you can hold off buying month by month the supplies of vehicles on dealer lots are getting better and better. And I remember riding with my wife a couple of weeks ago, and she said we were driving on one of those suburban strip roads that has all the fast food restaurants and discount stores and all that, and then a bunch of car dealers. And she said, look at that. Look how many vehicles are on the lot. Because you think about it, for two years, you drive by a car dealer, and there was nothing on those lots. There was nothing. And now the inventories, every week there's more vehicles on dealer lots than there were the week before. Dealers' ability to mark up vehicles above manufacturer-suggested retail is steadily going away. And now most vehicles being sold, or being sold, new vehicles I'm talking about here, are being sold at discount to MSRP. Electric vehicles, it depends on the model. If the model is in supply or not, what games the dealers are playing, marking up above MSRP. There was an editorial in the Wall Street Journal about moves by various agencies, federal and state, because of marketplace abuses that dealers have done during the vehicle shortages, having new regulations on dealers. And I saw something, a pithy thing in a Wall Street Journal editorial that's completely right. The real solution here is to allow manufacturers to sell vehicles directly if they want. That one of the most anti-competitive practices in the United States are these state laws that prevent manufacturers from selling vehicles direct to the public, like the new electric vehicle manufacturers are doing, like Tesla's always done that you want to get more streamlined sale of vehicles 
and prices that are clear, you get the dealers out of the process of selling vehicles that are new, and dealers would repair vehicles as authorized facilities, and they'd sell used vehicles. But the price for new vehicles, even if dealers delivered them, would be set by the manufacturer as it should be. Car dealers, where you go is clark.com slash Clark Stinks to post why I just infuriated you. Dave in Minnesota says, I'd like to challenge you on the 42-month max term to finance on a car loan. I may be unique, but I keep cars 10 to 15 years on average, basically until the wheels fall off. Considering cars are now built to last 200,000 plus miles, and if you hang on to them for a while, isn't 60 months a reasonable term? Pay for five years, drive for five more with a free and clear title. Prices keep going up, so at 42 months, the payment could be pushing $1,000 or more in an average priced SUV. Better to pay cash and not finance at all, but many people just can't swing it. Your question posed is one of those things that's always hard for me to answer, Dave, because you were a rare exception. Most people don't even keep a new vehicle as long as the loan they have in place exists. In your case, if you keep a vehicle 10 to 15 years, of course, it makes no difference in your life taking out a 42-month loan or taking out a 60-month loan. The only risk is that during those 60 months, if the vehicle was totaled or stolen or not recovered, you would probably owe some money beyond what insurance would pay because you'd be upside down in that loan. But you are such an exception. I want to make it clear, if somebody historically has owned a vehicle and you keep it, uh, let's even say the average age of a vehicle, 12 years, seven months, you kept a vehicle that long, uh, your case 10 to 15 years, absolutely, you're just fine doing a 60-month loan versus my 42. What I'm talking about and who I'm talking to is the typical vehicle buyer, which just loves having newer wheels, and they're always a payment buyer. They're always in a payment, and they're always upside down in the vehicle. So, yes, in your case, it works fine. It doesn't change my overall rule. Madhu in North Carolina says, I have a 2017 Honda CRV, which I had bought new seven years ago for $28,000, and it's paid off. After 60,000 miles, I'm getting an offer of $20,000 for it from Carvana. I'm tempted to sell it and buy a new minivan, which my family eventually will need in the next couple of years. Should I bite the bullet and sell my car when I'm getting such an awesome price for it? This is a great, great dilemma because you have a Honda CRV that's still a baby. It may be seven years old, but only has 60,000 miles on it. You're driving less than 9,000 miles a year. I mean, that thing has so many years in front of it, I can't even begin to think. But the Carvana offer is so generous at 20,000, it makes this a dilemma. So this is how you would decide. So you like to keep cars a good while, obviously, also. If the prices available on the minivans you're looking at are now reasonable, if they're now back to discounting off MSRP, there's manufacturer's money available on the make and model you want and the version of it, then I'd say this is a good player trait. On the other hand, if the minivans are still being marked up, uh, they're coming in on the dealer lots, 
full of all kinds of options you don't need. They're still having the price run up way beyond MSRP, that kind of thing. Then it's a false win getting the 20 grand for the CRV. So I'd say the answer to your dilemma, go shop what the cost of the vans would be, and then you can make that call and take advantage of that arbitrage situation where you're getting an unusually generous offer for your used vehicle at a time that you can get a decent purchase on the new minivan. And keeping with the car theme, Rick in Nevada says, Hey Clark, I'm in the market for a new Hyundai Palisade SUV due to having another child and outgrowing our current SUV. I visited a dealer yesterday and there's still a $3,000 dealer markup from MSRP. I have no problem at this point in paying MSRP plus as I'm a cash buyer, but the thought of paying anything above MSRP is cringy. I can wait half a year before I make the purchase. Would it be best to buy later this year or early next year? When will these dealer markups go away? Well, as I alluded to just a few minutes ago, the dealer markups are trending down and overall have disappeared. More and more buyers are getting vehicles below MSRP now, and it's not quite the exception to the rule, but it's getting more that way with these markups above MSRP. Palisade is a very popular vehicle in the marketplace, very sought after, but the dealer inventory levels show a steady rebuild. The stats from the industry show this. Uh, Recently, I listed the manufacturers whose supply of vehicles now exceeds what would be industry normal levels. Hyundai is not one of them, but they are part of a large ecosystem of sellers. So if you can wait six months, I think there would be an advantage to wait. The other thing I'll tell you, with vehicles where there are dealers still marking up above MSRP, widen your geographical search for that Palisade. Look at Hyundai dealers as far as you're willing to drive a vehicle back across the country, back to Nevada. You can certainly look at the whole West Coast, but if you're willing to go, let's say, to uh, dealers in Kansas or Missouri or Texas or Colorado, whatever, you may find that with geographical reach and you can get prices online, you may find that you'll get a much better price on that Palisade. And this isn't just Hyundai I'm talking about. There's any manufacturer. Now that you can buy cheap one-way airline tickets, you treat the country as your shopping center for vehicles, not just where you live. What about um, using the Costco or one of the other credit union car buying programs too? Um, that is that is a great suggestion. I hear over and over again how much people love the Costco car buying program. It's a very influential car buying program. All right, so here's what's happening. There are some territories because Costco designates one dealer per territory for each brand. You know, they're local territories. And Costco has found some of the dealers to be behaving so unethically that people inquiring for a vehicle of a particular brand, they're sending notes to people saying, I'm sorry, we're not working with any dealers right now on your brand in your area because we're not finding dealers that are willing to live by our code of ethics in the sale of vehicles. And could you have a better signal about the problems 
with the automotive sales distribution system that you can end up with this thing with a stranglehold. Think of the harm, reputational harm to the manufacturer when they have dealers that are so misbehaving in how they're treating customers. And I don't want to hear from any dealer how you're just operating in the free market and you're taking advantage of the pricing that the market permits at this point. That is garbage because if the manufacturer was able to price the vehicles and sell them directly, there would be a price that you would know. And I ask anyone to go look at any of the electric vehicle sellers, the brands that are only electric vehicles, and look at what's involved in buying a vehicle. There is 100% price transparency. And no matter where you live, you know immediately, immediately what that vehicle will cost you. There's no games. There's no gimmicks. There's no tricks. There's no cons. You know the price. So the high ground in this belongs to the manufacturers, not the dealers that are taking advantage of people with all these games, all these packs, and all these markups. Take your time, shop around, you'll find the deal on the Palisade. I want to say this to you. It's something my late father used to say. Uh, Even though he died back in the 1980s, it still sticks with me like he said it today. And it's that life is 99 rounds. All of us at different points in our lives are going to have rough things happen to us. When something bad happens to us, we may feel nothing but darkness, but know that life has many rounds and we'll have good ones, we'll have bad ones, and we'll have those in between. And the key when you get knocked to the canvas is that you dust yourself off, get up, and get back in the game because you want to have that opportunity for the great rounds that are coming. You just got to believe in yourself and believe in your future. Hope you have a great, great day.